Welcome. Welcome back to the QC Hornets Nest, the podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't and giving inside access other shows can. This week's ep, I'm joined by Jordan Surencamp, coach of the Greensboro Swarm. We discuss how playing for the Swarm this season has helped the likes of Bryce McGowan's, Mark Williams, Kai Jones, and James Booknight, what it's like working on Steve Clifford's staff, and the dialogue between the two, the next step for Kai Jones, the importance of player development for the franchise this offseason, and more. All right, so you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. Well, in the words of the immortal group, legendary group, boys to men, we've reached the end of the road. Two games left for the Hornets. Houston and Cleveland before this unconscionable season comes to a close. And, hey, at least you get the Hornets credit for the way they played the last month or so. Despite knowing they've been on a playoff picture for weeks upon weeks, they've actually had a couple of impressive wins thrown in there, and they could potentially could be keeping the Dallas Mavericks out of the postseason with those back-to-back wins that they had home and away against those guys. So in the win against Oklahoma City on top of that, and that three-game winning streak, you know, where they also have won four or five games, just if you're a Hornets fan, even though I'm, I'm sure they you want the team to have as much losses as possible to be able to get in that bottom three and, and to be able to get a chance for Victor Wembanyama, the way the Hornets closed the season should give you a little bit of hope because they actually played with some heart. Yeah, they lost the last three games going into their game against Houston, but they were hanging with Toronto for the most part for a couple of quarters before Toronto kind of found themselves and realized they actually had to play the game and not just let the Hornets throw the basketballs out there and give them a victory per se. So to me, that is something you hang your hat on if you're a Hornets fan is you know, the play of Bryce McGowan's getting 20 points. Uh, even James Booknight um, showing you some some skills out there. Um, those are the kind of things you hold your hat on to and grasp on to in what's been a very, very difficult season. Because from, from here on out, it's all about how you improve and how you end that seven-year playoff drought that has you as the longest tenure team in the NBA in terms of not having a playoff uh, spot in the last, again, half decade plus. With this, When the Kings won a, a week or so ago, they kind of clinched their spot. They became that team that hadn't won for a decade plus in the playoffs or hadn't got to the playoffs decade, excuse me, hadn't got to the playoffs for a decade plus. When they can show you that they could turn around the way they have and become one of the top seeds in the Western Conference this year, the Hornets should be able to do the same thing next year. Now, I'm not saying it should be a top, you know, two or two team or something like that, but they should be a playoff team next year if they go out there and make the right moves. And that's what it's going to be about next. The season is over. Uh, we have a couple of games left, as I mentioned. 
But now it's about how do you move this franchise forward? How do you put the right pieces around LaMelo Ball? You know, they're going to have a top four or five pick bar on something happening crazily where somebody jumps to the lottery ahead of them. But they have to not only get the draft pick right, but they have to make sure that the rest of the roster surrounding LaMelo Ball complements him in the right way to be able to utilize all his skill set so that the Hornets can actually be, again, a playoff team and a team that people fear coming in to Charlotte. Right now, not the case. This is going to be, I mean, I can't emphasize it enough. It's going to be a very, very critical offseason for the Hornets to be able to not only put these injuries past them, but make good on a playoffs. I mean, think about it. Gordon Hayward's been in for three seasons now. Not one playoff game from him. LaMelo Ball is his third season. If you exclude the playing tournament, which I do, this is three years without the playoffs for him. So as I mentioned when we talked to him a couple of weeks ago, like next season, like there's no there's no compromise. It's pretty much playoffs or bust for this team. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot of a lot of people who have to answer a lot of questions about why this franchise is still not going in the direction that they said that it would. So Man, to summarize what a long, long season it's been when the team has won 26 games and essentially lost double the amount of games they've won. That's a problem. I know injuries obviously are a big part of it, but the Hornets have to, have to, once more with feeling, have to turn this thing around beginning this offseason to get a fan base that sold out the arena 15 times this season despite all the losses that are piled up. When you have that kind of excitement level in terms of interest level people are wondering you know will this team be any good 15 sellouts which is the most since pro basketball returned to charlotte in 2004-05 you gotta capitalize on that due to hornets and you can't let this offseason get by without dramatically improving your team to make sure that in 2023-24, you are one of the top at least eight teams in the Eastern Conference. To me, anything else less than that is unacceptable. And we'll see really soon here exactly how it all will shake out. Get to the mailbag, shall we? As we know, that's my favorite part of the pod. So thanks to the questions this week. And let's get right to them. Uh, the first one. It centers around James Booknight, and it's from at UConn Tweets on Twitter. And the question is, what's the plan for James Booknight this offseason and into next season? Is he in their plans long-term? Well, Adam, 
aka at UConn tweets. That question is too it's too early to answer that question right now. I think James Book Knight definitely has um helped himself out the last couple of games here by playing well. Um, but I think it's gonna depend on how the Hornets shape their roster this offseason. Because um as you see, there's not a lot of playing time for him right now, uh, unless there's guys who are injured. When he got his playing time earlier in the season um, with the starters, he didn't kind of fit in the way maybe they would have liked to. So to say he's going to be a part of the team moving forward, for sure, I think is something that you – is not a smart – you know, uh, it, 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 you can't really say that. And you also can't say he's not going to be with the team moving forward. It's kind of up in the air at this point. I think, again, it depends on how the franchise and how the roster is shaped. Uh, maybe – he just moved in a deal to bring a player who could help you out right away. Um, if that's the case, maybe they they figure out um, he has good trade value. But if they figure out he's going to be a part of the team moving forward because he can come off the bench and give him some scoring punch, then he'll be around. But I think it's way too early to like make sometimes these assumptions of whether a player will be here for sure or not because uh, this has been a really wild offseason, you know, excuse me, wild last year for the Hornets, dating back to last offseason. And I don't think you can really pencil at this point anything in, um, you know, surely. Uh, I mean, if anything, yeah, I guess you can't pencil in, don't write an ink, because it's not a sure thing. So to say he's going to be here, to me, is not something um, at this point I wouldn't say, but I also can't say he's not going to be here. It just depends, again, on what the roster looks like moving forward and what kind of deals are presented to the Hornets in this offseason because maybe a team didn't get somebody wanted to draft and think that Book Knight can come in and give them a little bit of help. So I'll have to wait and see what Mitch Kupchak does, but I don't think you can definitively say either way that James Book Knight will be on the team or off the team next season. So thanks at UConn Tweets for the question and congrats, by the way, on a national championship win over San Diego State on Monday night. All right. Second question comes from at M23AIK on Twitter. And the question is, is there any explanation for so many injuries? And I think it, 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 that's one of those things that is part of our society where people want answers and they want answers all the time. And there's no easy answer to this question um, about why there's so many injuries. But to sit there and make it seem like it's the Hornets training staff's fault, to me, is is one of those things that just is a a bad narrative. It's just lazy. Uh, they're trying to correlate the Hornets training staff with injuries. Did the Hornets training staff step on Lamelo Ball's uh, foot when it got twisted in the preseason? Did they do anything um, same regard? With any other players, um, sprained ankles. I mean, there's been a ton of sprained ankles this season. I feel like every player's had at least one. Whether it's Nick Richards, um, you know, Mark Williams, Lamelo Ball has had multiple. Uh, I think Terry Rozier even had one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, it seemed like everybody's had at least one sprained ankle this season. But as somebody who deals with medical injuries, and NBA teams once told me, they don't. Some players out there that actually get hurt. They don't, again, you know, sometimes you just can't help if a guy gets injured. You do whatever you can to prevent that injury from happening. But with the way these guys are playing so many minutes nowadays, even 
without the load management thing and whatever you want to call it, it's just a little bit difficult at times to pinpoint exactly what's going on. But I think the narrative is because the Hornets had so many injuries that's training staff's fault. And it's the exact opposite. I can assure you that the organization has full confidence in Joe Sharp and his staff in terms of making sure that these injuries are not only managed properly and diagnosed properly, but they're not putting the players out there in harm's way. So it's just one of those years, unfortunately. Sometimes you can't put your finger on it. You can't explain it. But there's really no rational reason for what happened to the Hornets this year other than just this bad luck, just bad luck with injuries. So you can't pin on their training staff or anything like that because, to me, it's not even close to being their fault. So that narrative should kind of stop because I think it's kind of out there a little bit amongst the fan base and maybe social media because they just want somebody to either blame or just be detective. And I don't think this is the right avenue to go about is to try to blame the Hornets training staff. So just have one of those unfortunate years of injuries. And if you're a Hornets fan, you have to hope that these injuries will help you get one of the top players in the upcoming draft so that next year, the team that you had this year that could have been a playoff potentially worthy team if they were fully healthy can be even better to try to make that playoff drought finally, finally end. So thanks for the questions. Appreciate them. Uh, enjoy doing the mailbag, as I mentioned, with you guys all the time. So I uh, hope you guys really enjoyed that. All right. So coming up now, I had a chance to speak with Jordan Surencamp, the Greensboro Swarm coach, who also is a part of the, the you know Steve Clifford staff and has been a key figure in terms of player development for the organization the last couple of seasons. So talked about a couple of different things about, you know, some younger players who kind of came through there like Kai Jones and Bryce McGowan's, et cetera. So this is my convo with Jordan. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for joining me this week, sir. I appreciate it. Excited for being here. Um, well, first, just tell me, um, obviously your second season with the Greensboro Swarm completed. Um, tell me, um, overall, how the team was this year, especially when you consider um, it was your second year trying to get some guys developed up there as well. Yeah, I thought the second year, again, was a great success for us. And, you know, I think we're seeing some of the benefits of that now here in Charlotte, even with some of these young guys getting the uh, opportunities that they are. But top to bottom, uh, really enjoyed coaching the guys in Greensboro this year. They came in from day one with the right mentality, uh, the right focus, Right, the, the respect, the coachability, the effort, uh, the discipline, all of that stuff. Um, and they are, everybody improved on our roster top to bottom. And, um, you know, I owe that to the, you know, the coaching staff, the organization as a whole for the commitment that they have in the development there. Uh, and just the guys in that locker room that were willing to be about the right things and do the right things every day. And it, it rewarded them. Um, and I think they saw that with their play uh, individually as well as a team. So it was a good year. You mentioned uh, younger guys coming up here. I mean, how did – um, Kai Jones, you know, Bryce McGowan's and you know, Mark Williams earlier, even James Booknight, how they're playing for all those guys in Queensbury with, with you, how to help them to do what they're doing right now. Yeah, you know, it's a testament to all of them because all of them when they came to Greensboro had the right mentality of this is going to help me. Um, these are important reps for me. 
uh, you know, and these are things that can really help me get ready for that next step. And I think all of them had that that mindset when they came down. They had the coachability. They had the right focus. Uh, and, you know, that all helps. And it's really just getting reps. You know, a lot of the stuff that we do in Greensboro is very similar to what Coach Clifford and the coaching staff here in Charlotte does. So for them to be able to get reps in the same type of system, I think provided a level of comfort, you know, and uh, understanding, right, of how to do things. So then when they did get their opportunities here, Again, it goes back to just feeling more comfortable in what they were doing and how they were doing it, the execution of the game plan, all of that stuff. So, um, you know, just being about the right things, coming down there and making the most of their opportunity and all the reps, you know, is, was important for them. And I think it's paying off for them now. Can you explain, as you said, I don't think sometimes people understand the G League and just how important it is because they figure, okay, you just go down there just playing rec ball, but it's not. Like, it's, it's organized. We have to actually go out there and show structure to be able to like make it up here in the NBA for some of these young guys, right? So how important is that to be able to show that and, and do that? Yeah, you know, obviously I think the biggest thing is, I think the G League as a whole from a league standpoint, this past season um, as it finishes up um, with the playoffs now is as talented as I've ever seen it in terms of the players that are there. And you can see a lot of the guys getting called up in 10 days around the league or getting their, their contracts converted or the two ways, uh, what have you. You know, the talent level down there is – is really, really high. And that's a testament to the league and guys that want to come and play in the G League. And I think that's really important. But it's really important for the guys down there to understand that, um, you know, the same role that they would play here in Charlotte is the type of role that they're going to have to play in Greensboro. And I think that by doing that and having that buy-in and having that right mentality of embracing that role uh, and doing it with the reps over and over again while in Greensboro and the G League, I think it shows you know, the front office here in Charlotte, it shows the coaching staff that they can, you know, do that role at a high level. And I just think it's really important that, you know, guys buy into that. And we had that this year with everybody that we saw. And um, now to see it transferring and translating night in and night out here at the end of the season in Charlotte is really exciting to see. You mentioned transferring. I mean, with Bryce McGowan, he had a career high 20 points against Toronto on Tuesday. Can you explain what you did specifically with him to actually um, work with him to be able to help him gain confidence that when he came up here, he can play the way he is right now? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing um, with Bryce when he was with us is he had the ball in his hands a lot more. And I think that when you get the reps of having the ball in your hands or coming off of pick and rolls or driving closeouts or coming off of DHOs, you know, getting those reps in Greensboro for 38, 40 minutes a game, the game really starts to slow down a little bit for you. You start to see where your reads are. You start to have a better understanding of, um, you know, what your decision-making ideas are, right? So I think that him having those types of reps in Greensboro, now that, you know, with the injuries, unfortunately, here in Charlotte, the ball is finding him and it's in his hands a little bit more than what it was even earlier in the year. So I think the game has been able to slow down for him a little bit more. I think he has a better understanding of what his options are in certain circumstances and situations. And a lot of that alludes to those reps that you do get in Greensboro. It makes you, again, going back to the level of comfort, uh, the game slowing down and just having a better understanding of of how to play in certain situations in certain moments. Um, again, he's a fantastic example of how that's translated. And then with Kai Jones, he's obviously been there um, a lot the last couple of seasons. Um, this year he's getting more playing time with the big club of late. What have you seen from him in terms of his growth from year one to year two? And how do you see him um, you know, trying to develop this offseason to kind of make sure he gets that next step in, in year three as well? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing with Kai is just continuing to keep things simple with him. And I think that that's something that he's bought into and understanding that, while you have a ton of ceiling, right, in terms of growth and development, right, establishing, establishing yourself at this level, um, you know, just running the floor hard, screening well, protecting the rim, rebounding, you know, all of those different things, um, 
know it's something that he's really bought into and something that I know the coaching staff in Greensboro as well as the coaching staff here in Charlotte has, has really preached to him. And so, again, it's just a testament to him of being in Greensboro for multiple years. Uh, again, just the buy-in. There's a lot of people that get in those circumstances and situations and look at it in the wrong light. He never did that. He took advantage of every opportunity he was given. Uh, and, again, now that he's able to do it you know, here in Charlotte on a night-in and night-out basis as we wrap up the season, again, it's just a testament to to his willingness to grow and learn and be coachable and be about the right things. You mentioned wrapping the season up. I mean, to have a couple of your players, um, Kobe Simmons and Xavier Sneed, get called up toward the end of the season here for the Hornets to kind of finish on the main roster. What does that do motivation-wise for guys in Greensboro moving forward, knowing that, hey, maybe if I have a good season, I, I show some some um, you know some coachability and, and that you know that can go out there and maybe contribute in the main roster. That it gives the guys like them motivation to kind of come out there and play harder. To, to get that call up at some point. Sure. And I think the special thing about Kobe and X is they're both multi-year guys within our program, right? I think, you know, Kobe was on a two-way at one point. Um, X has spent multiple years. He bounced around a little bit last year with the two-way and the call-up uh, that he was given. Uh, but they both spent multiple years in the Greensboro and Charlotte, you know, organization. So what I think it does is, first of all, it it uh, it preaches everything that the front office here in Charlotte is about, and that's the development of of guys within our own program. You know, so I think that's a testament to um, everything, starting with Mitch, Dave Duquette, you know, Larry Jordan, Buzz Peterson, everybody at the top here, and their commitment to development, and that's something that they've talked about for years now, and it's just. Um, it's showing, right? It's showing that guys can come into this organization, whether it be in Greensboro or be in Charlotte, you know, put your head down, work hard, be about the right things um, and really grow on a day-to-day basis. And then when you do that, you know, being able to get rewarded by coming and being able to, you know, get the, the two-way opportunity or the call up, it's just a testament to what this organization has been about for years. Um, and it does, it gives guys motivation that if I work hard and I'm about the right things, I accept my role. I'm a good teammate, right? And I, I come out and try to play the right way that there are opportunities available. And player you know, development, you mentioned that. I mean, this is the last question I got for you is uh, just how important is that um, moving forward, especially when you have somebody like, like Steve Clifford, like, like how do you and Cliff interact um, and how does your conversations with him help spur things forward knowing that player development is not only a big part of this franchise during the season, but obviously now as you guys try to move forward and, and, and kind of push the thing forward going to next year, it's a big thing going through the offseason as well. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, transparency, um, you know, and just open lines of communication is the most important part to that. Coach Clifford has been absolutely fantastic uh, this entire year with myself personally and my own development as a coach, but also with the players uh, in Greensboro and the guys that have been assigned the two ways that have spent time with us in Greensboro. There's just a very open line of communication, transparency on what the expectations are for each guy. You know, there's a development plan in place for every single guy that that touches the floor in Greensboro, whether a Charlotte player or a Greensboro player. Um, and it's just executing those development plans and help making sure that the players understand what their roles are, understanding what the expectation is of them, whether they're here in Charlotte uh, or in Greensboro. And that's just something that we do every single day. And Coach Clifford preaches that all the time. The staff here in general, you know, preaches that all the time. And it's just something that, you know, we take it day by day and, and try to get 1% better every day. And as we lead into this, you know, offseason, we have a bunch of young guys right, that are still trying to prove themselves, right, in this league. And I think that's really, really exciting. So the development piece 
this summer is, is just as big as it's been any summer. It's what kind of growth and what kind of jump can you take from an individual standpoint uh, within your role and what's expected of you and, and, you know, what kind of jump can you make and, and how can that, you know, leading into next season help this team, you know, take another step. Awesome. Thanks for some time, Jordan. I know you're a busy guy. You're up there helping guys. <laughs> we find that jump shots and practicing and everything else. So That's right. Time, Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Yep. My guy. Cool. Appreciate That's you, man. Jordan Surkamp. Yes, sir. So thanks to Jordan Surkamp for giving me some time. Hope you guys enjoyed his insight to get a little bit of, you know, um, a, a perspective and what it means to, you know, look forward to the summer for player development and how the Hornets Greensboro Swarm and the main team kind of coincide with each other and how they work over each other and how that actually contributes to the success a little bit of their younger players, such as Bryce McGowan's this season, um, even getting Kai Jones' development, James Booknight, Tao Maldon, all those guys. So I hope you got a little bit of perspective in terms of what it means from Jordan. Thanks to Jordan for giving me a little bit of time there. All right, so as we look ahead here, Essentially, the season, as we talked about, is pretty much done. Hornets have their final home game on Friday um, against the Rockets before they go to Cleveland for the season finale uh, on Sunday afternoon. After that, it's coming on back and cleaning the lockers out on Monday. Speak to players then, kind of get their perspective and their their thoughts on where things may have gone wrong, how they can improve in the offseason, and what's the next move for this franchise and themselves individually to try to push this thing forward. So we'll hear from them Monday, and then potentially we should hear from Mitch Kupchak possibly on Tuesday in his season wrap-up press conference, just kind of giving his his um, take on where things stand with the franchise right now and where they're going to be looking forward to do potentially this offseason as they know it'll be a big one for them. So that's pretty much it. After that, it's start to do draft prep and they'll have draft workouts um, for the better part of May in, into June as they prepare for the draft because we know it's going to be a really big, um, again, big drafting because you've got to get it right. You can't not get this pick right because this pick is going to be somebody you're going to pair with a mellow ball in, in your mind for years to come, you think. So it's got to be the right guy. So we'll see how that um, all transpires for the Hornets, but Next week or so, just a couple of games left. Then we'll hear from the players and and then Mr. Kupchak and kind of have a better understanding of just terms of where this organization stands and what we should expect for them as they kind of go into this offseason and try to end the seven-year playoff drought because now that the Kings, as I mentioned earlier, won, um, you know, have, have basically clinched the playoff spot, the Hornets have these longest – postseason drought of excuse me playoff drought of any team in the NBA and going to take you know Yeoman's effort to be able to get to that top six uh, next year in the East out of playing tournament bracket so we'll see how, what, they, what they say about what they want to do moving forward but that just gives you an idea of what we see in this next week and change for the Hornets in terms of what you can expect to hear from them and, you know, get an idea of how they're feeling as they go into what should be, again, a very important offseason. All right. This week's random stat centers around Zvi Mikhailu. And if you look at Zvi, the way he's played of late, it's been really impressive because people thought he was essentially a throw-in 
back in the trade deadline when the Hornets acquired him in that three-team deal. So for him to come out and play the way he has with the Hornets um, having some players injured and kind of wanting to finish the season on a good note, um, Zv has been playing really, really well. And against the Raptors on Tuesday, you know, he had those five assists in the third quarter alone, uh, which tied his career high for any quarter. But he finished with 17 points, five rebounds, and seven assists. That was the third game of his career where he had at least 15 points, five rebounds, and five assists. Coincidentally, two of those three career games have come in the past week. <laughs> he also had 18 points, five rebounds, and eight assists, which tied for his career high. And the Hornets win in Oklahoma City uh, on March 28th. So Zvi has been a solid find here, and he's definitely making things interesting to Hornets hierarchy to figure out exactly, you know, if he can maybe find a spot for him moving forward. Because obviously the roster will be tweaked this offseason, and it depends on, you know, what they want to do on the back end of it. But Zvi has definitely made a little bit of a name for himself here, per se, considering the way he's played uh, of late as, as shooting guard starting for the Hornets. So, again, um, he's had three career games where he's had at least 15 points, five rebounds, and five assists. And two of those three games have come in the past week. Well, so there you have it. Many, main thanks to my guest, Jordan Surencamp. And thank you so very much for joining me for the latest episode of the QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out Charlotte Observer. Com. And a special offer to gain full access is a link in my stories. Click it where it says support my work with a digital subscription. And I promise the link is fixed. All right. Till next time, we out.